Hey, this is David Dearman. I'm the pastor at Memphis Tabernacle, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope that this message inspires you and builds your faith. I hope that it gives you fresh insight and strength to see God move in your life. Enjoy the message. Isaiah chapter 7 and verse 14. Isaiah chapter 7 verse 14. We're going to teach for four weeks. There's four weeks. We're going to talk about Jesus. <laughs> and I know you think, oh, this is a Christmas message. I've heard them all. And this is called Jesus. So original. Uh, this is okay. What more can I learn? Um, I've said the same thing, but I know that as I prayed, uh, uh, the Lord said to me, I want you to teach about Jesus. <laughs> Because uh, there's something about the name of Jesus and the person of Jesus that has such a real effect on every person. Satan hates it. It's his worst subject. <laughs> it's the worst subject. It's the one he fights the most. And, uh, and this morning, um, Isaiah chapter 7 and verse 14, I'd like for us to read this out. Let's read it out loud. This is 700 years before the Messiah, Jesus, was born. Okay, 700 years before, and Isaiah prophesies this. Now, when he prophesied, back, back the prophets, when they would prophesy things, sometimes they were cra- they'd look crazy, and people think they were crazy, and they'd, they wouldn't know. It's kind of like an artist, you know, they wouldn't be, they'd be poor all throughout their art, artistry, and then they'd die, and all their artists, <laughs> they were like millionaires afterwards, but they, they were, you know, they were dirt poor all the time. But the same way with the prophets, right? They were like all not really honored until they afterwards. And now Isaiah, I could imagine him looking down and go, well, now you read me. <laughs> now you start speaking out the stuff. Why didn't you listen to me then, you know? Uh, but, but here we go. Isaiah, okay? Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. Here's what he says. Ready? Let's read it out loud. Read it together. Look at the screens. Ready? Read. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. I want you to notice this. He says the Lord will give you a sign. The one who's going to give people a sign is God himself. It's not just he's saying there's going to be some sign out there that's going to happen. No, he's saying this one's the Lord himself is going to do it. He's going to give you a sign. And he's gonna, he says, here's the sign. There's going to be this virgin. We all know what a virgin is, right? Someone who hasn't been with a man. Uh, and he says, and he, this virgin's going to conceive and bear a son, a real human being. And we're going to take this son and, and we're going to call the name of the son Emmanuel. And the name Emmanuel really means, now, it means God with us. Can we say it? God with us. Now, to me, it sounds sort of like, the Matrix or something, or it sounds like some superhero movie or something to where you say, hey, guess what? God's going to be born, and he's going to be born through this woman, and the woman's going to be a virgin, and she's going to have this baby, and she's going to call the baby God. It's God God's going to be birthed onto the earth. And you're like, come on, Isaiah. Like, really? Like, seriously? You know, now, I don't know about all the rest of them, but okay, well, I'm not sure. It's like how you say with prophecy. I'm not really sure what that one means, but, you know, but we look at it and we know now, like, oh, yeah, I knew what it meant the whole time. Yeah, it really meant that this was Jesus, right? But look at it. It says that I'm going to give you a sign, and it's going to be a virgin's going to be birthed, and we know that it was the Holy Spirit, and God is going to be born on earth. Notice, it's the, his name shall be called God with us. Now, 
When we might know people who's named Emmanuel, right? And you just say, well, I know of several Emmanuels. And it's not just a person named Emmanuel. It's a person named God with us. That's the name of the sign or the name of the child, okay? So then we read two chapters later over in Isaiah chapter 9. Isaiah chapter 9. It says this, and I want you to read this out loud. I know uh, you all know Handel's Messiah, and, and you've probably read this or heard this a bunch of times. For unto us a child is born. Okay, but here we go. Ready? Let's read it out loud. Let's say it together. Ready? Read. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders. Notice this. Unto us. It wasn't that Jesus was born to the earth. It wasn't that Jesus was just born to, to, to be on earth. That God now is on earth. No, it was God is now born to man. Jesus wasn't born to earth. Jesus was born to man. He was born for people. He was born to be with people. The Bible says unto us a child is born. Why was Jesus born? He was born unto who? Unto us. A child was born. Unto us God was born. Unto us God was born. Now you have to remember at that time originally God had planned to where he wanted to walk and talk with man and he did for you know for a little bit until man sinned and then God had to separate himself from man because of sin and there, there was death that occurred and so all of a sudden what did he have to do he had to take God and insert God into woman and have God be birthed onto the earth so here God is born onto the earth and he He's born to man, okay? He's born to us. Unto us is, a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulder. And notice, his name will be called, it's not like his name will be called Jim, his name will be called John. No, his name will be called, like this is what people are going to call him. You know, sometimes people say like with business, like that guy's best in the business, or, you know, he has a great reputation. Well, they're calling him, he has a good name. This is what people are going to call him. Listen, his name shall be called, can we say it out, Wonderful. What's his name going to be called? Wonderful. What else? Counselor. What else? Mighty God. Notice, people are going to call this baby Mighty God. Now, to us, we go, well, of course. No, 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 but back then, that just didn't happen. It was like, what? People are going to call this baby mighty God. And look at this next word. Everlasting Father. Say it out. Everlasting Father. Isaiah is speaking of a child who was, was going to be born 700 years into the future. And he's somehow making reference of him as an everlasting father. Why? Because here's the creator. The one who helped create the heavens and the earth. Jesus is, is being called the everlasting father is going to be born onto earth, and be here for humanity, born unto us, he's saying. An everlasting Father. Oh, Lord, help us to catch this, because I know this is so close to your heart, Lord. Everlasting Father, he says, and Prince of Peace. Now, then we have Jesus, okay? Jesus was, is born, and we know the whole story, and he comes all the way to the last year of his life or so, and we see here in John chapter 14. I want you to go to John chapter 14 and verse 6. And Jesus says here to his disciples, he says, now who is Jesus? Jesus is all man, and Jesus is all God. Is that right? He's all man, and he's all God. And Jesus says this. He says, 
Jesus told him, I am the way, say it out with me, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. Say that last part again. No one can come to the Father except through me. Why can no one come to the Father except through Jesus? Because Jesus was God, is God, and God was born through man, and so Jesus was all God and all man and represented God and man coming together on earth and died in a, a death that he didn't deserve for us on earth. And so he's saying, that's the only way to get to the Father. I don't care how good of a man you have, he's not God. I don't care how good of a person you have, even if he's like the greatest person in the whole world, he can't ever get to God. Let me tell you why this is so important. You might say, well, duh, I know this. No, listen, the, there, there's so, it, it's such a popular thing nowadays to say this. I believe there's a lot of ways to God. I believe there's a lot. Of, you know, just in the last two weeks, I've sat down with two people that, who've actually sat down and said, you know, I believe in God. I love this church. I believe in God. There's just one thing I, I don't believe in Jesus. I don't believe that he's the son of God. So is that okay? And I'm like, well, it's okay for you to come to church, but, um, you know, he said that no one comes to the Father except by me, so it's, not, it's okay for us, it's not okay for you. <laughs> right? And so he's like, so I can keep coming here? Oh, yeah, we want you to come here. Right? Yeah. But, but, but the reality is, is for you, no one can come to the Father except, but don't you believe that there's a lot of different ways well, there's a lot of different ways to a lot of different things, but there's only one way to God, and that's through Jesus, right? Now, let me tell you, it's very narrow-minded. In fact, people have said, that's so narrow-minded, and I, I completely agree with you. Jesus is very narrow-minded when he says this. This is why Satan hates the message of Jesus, because if he's going to block the way to God, the one passageway he's going to block is Jesus. Come on, just say the name of Jesus. The one passageway... He's got a block is the, is the name of Jesus. He hates the name of Jesus. He hates what Jesus stands for. That's why, that's why even in prayers, now I don't, I, don't ever mind, I don't ever mind it if people pray that way. This, this is great. I, I've probably heard a lot of people pray that way in here, and I love it. I don't ever even think about it. But that's why when I pray, I say, in the name of Jesus, amen. I just like to say his name. I don't say in his name, in, in that name. In a name. No, I say in the name of Jesus. I just like to say the name of Jesus. You know, because there's something about the name of Jesus that will defeat the enemy. Amen? And he said, if, you, if anyone asks anything in my name, I'll hear it. Why? Because there's something about the name of Jesus. Amen? The name of Jesus. If that's all you got. Now, I got some more. Okay, I got a little bit more. But uh, Jesus said, I am the way. Say it out with me. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. Listen, whoever comes to you and says there's another way, love them. Don't bash them. They're trying their best. It's not that they're, they don't see it. They just don't see it. They just don't see it. You know what you do, though? Here's what you do. You say, hey, would you do this? Would you just open your eyes, keep your eyes open, and ask God to reveal Jesus to you, right? Just ask him to open up your eyes to Jesus. Because can can, this is what he did to Saul, right? Saul was, Saul was murdering Christians, and what did he do? Jesus stopped him, and he said, Saul, what are you, why are you persecuting me? And he revealed himself to him, right? Are you, I hear over in India right now, over in India, the largest, like, nation that's, that's, that's not Christian 
over there. Jesus is like showing up in homes and in places to people and saying, I am Jesus. And they're like, what do I do about that? You know, they don't really know what to do. They don't know how to come against that. Jesus is like, hey, I'm here. Listen, Jesus is well able to reveal himself. You don't have to fight people. You don't have to. I don't ever argue with people. When people start arguing with me, I'm like, hey, look, I probably couldn't show you, you know, what, what it is. I can just tell you what the word of God says and let God reveal you know, this to you, but I'm not going to fight with you because I love you and God loves you and, and this and that. But I can tell you that, you know, Jesus is the only way, right? Come on, somebody say, I am the way, the truth, the life. Say, no one comes to the Father except through Jesus, right? That's what it is. And then he says this, Jesus says, next verse, if you had really known me, he says to his disciples, if you'd really known me, you would know who my Father is. Notice, if you'd know me, you'd know the Father. Why? Because... I, I'm God that's been born, Jesus is like. He says, from now on, you do know him and have seen him. He's telling his disciples, from now on, you have seen him. And they're probably wondering, what do you mean I have seen him? I've never seen God before. And he's saying, no, 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 you've seen him. You, you've never heard God before? No, you've heard him when you hear me speak. You've heard him, okay? Well, I'll show you why this is important. Verse 8 says, Philip said, Lord, show us. The Father, could you, maybe he doesn't understand what I'm saying. I'm saying the Father, Father, show us the Father and we'll be satisfied, verse 8. In verse 9, show us the Father, and Jesus says, have I been with you all this time, Philip, and yet you still don't know who I am? <laughs> it's like we're having two different conversations there. Show us the Father. I've been right here. What I do think is interesting is that in the Isaiah that he was called Everlasting Father. I, I mean, there is something about, he's saying, I, I am. Now, he's not God the Father. I know that, you know, Trinity, and he's God the Father. But what he is saying is that he represents, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And, and then he says, uh, have I been with you all this time, Philip, and yet you still don't know who I am? And I want you to look at this point in yellow right here, and I want us to say this out together. Listen, anyone who has seen me, has seen the Father. Say it again. Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. It's so important to know that the way that God looks is he looks like Jesus. If you want to know what God acts like, if you want to know what God looks like, you look at the person of Jesus. He says, if you want to see the Father, you, you, you look at me. Or at least believe, he says, just believe, verse 11, just believe that I am in the Father and the Father's in me, or at least believe because of the works you have seen me do. So what is he saying? He's, Jesus is saying the words that I speak are his words. The works that I do are his words, works. So all I'm doing is I'm representing the Father. I'm God on earth. I'm Jesus representing what the Father, who the Father is. Look at me and you can see the Father. Well, if we can look at him and see the Father... We need to look at what Jesus did. Now, let me tell you why this is so important. Because there are people who will teach you. Even teachers, theologians, preachers, people will teach you based on experience. Their experience. But I'll tell you what I want to know. I want to know based on what the Word of God says and based on what I see with Jesus. How Jesus treated people. I want to say what Jesus did. I want to say how Jesus treated people. People say, well, th this is the way God, and they'll interpret God. I've sat in, in theological classrooms where they've told me things that this is the way you're supposed to believe, and I've been like, first of all, I don't see that in the Word, but second of all, that's your experience. I want to know what, how do I, that's not the God that I know. 
It's not the, that's not the Father, the God that I know. Listen, when we look at Jesus, here's some of the things that Jesus said. Because he said, you'll know the Father by knowing me, and you'll know me by knowing my words and by my works. Here's some of the things. One of the things Jesus said, whoever comes to me, I'll by no means cast him out. Jesus will never turn anybody away. Never turn anybody away. Someone said amen, right? Because that, that would have been me. I, and then he says another thing. I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. What is he saying? If you're hungry, you can come to me and you can eat. And then he goes on and says, uh, uh, whoever thirsts to me, let him, let him come to me and drink. What does that mean? It means if you need a filling on the inside. If you're empty, if you feel like I need something to fill me up and you're used to going to things like alcohol or sexual addiction or drugs or just fleshly things and you don't know what to fill you up, Jesus says, I promise you, I'll fill you up. I'll fill those things in your life. He says, come to me and drink. This represents God. It represents the way God is for us. Another thing he says, he says, I'm the great shepherd of the sheep. What does the shepherd do? He leads you. He guides you. He cares for you. This is what God does to us. It represents, he represents God. He says, I know each one of them by name, Jesus says. God knows your name. I want to tell you this morning, God knows every person in here. He knows what you're going through. He knows the junk you're dealing with. He knows the stuff you're facing. He knows the hardships. He knows the trials. You might, others might not think it's a big deal. He knows it's a big deal, and he loves you, and he's right there for you. That's the way God is for every person. He looked at the adulterer. She did some bad things that day, right? The Bible says she was caught in the very act, and the Bible says he looked at her, and he said, neither do I condemn you, right? Where are your accusers? Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. What did he do? He pulled her in. He didn't condemn her. He pulled her in. He loved her. And he set her straight, told her what truth was, and set her straight, set her on the right. He looked at the leper. What was the, what was the leper? He was the guy who had been ostracized because of disease and all the things that he was going through. And the leper came to him and said, uh, said if you're willing, uh, make me clean. Can I tell you, the thing we doubt about God is never his ability. It's his willingness. People come up and, and they say, I'm going through a situation. Would you just pray with me? I know God's able. And I almost want to go, you, just, you almost said nothing there. Of course he's able. He created the heavens and the earth. It's not whether he's able, it's whether he's willing. Does he want to? Will he? Will he do it? I can go, well, God, you're able. I might as well not say anything. God, you're able. No, it's I want to know, you're a father. Are you willing to help me right now where I am in my situation, God. That's what I want to know. But here's what he did. We, we look back at Jesus and say, the leper came to him. And the leper says to him, Master, if you're willing, please make me clean. And he's kind of standing back. This is what we do sometimes with the Lord. Lord, if you're willing, make me clean. And it doesn't show that Jesus... Uh, had any hesitation. In fact, never does it show that Jesus had hesitation with healing. Do you ever see in there that someone came up for healing and Jesus goes, huh, I think I'm going to teach that guy something. Ten more days. Never. 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 See, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So he looks at him and what did he do? He says, if you're willing, make me clean. And he looks and he goes, I'm willing, be cleansed. That's Jesus. That's God. That's the way that God thinks about us. God loves us. God wants to take care of us as a father, as my own father would. 
See, Jesus represents the heart of God. He represents who God is. He says that to the leper. Jesus casts out demons. Jesus healed the blind. Jesus opened deaf ears. Jesus raised the dead. And on and on and on and on and on. And he's saying, this is where, this, you've seen me, you've seen the Father. This is what God does and this is who God is. This is what God looks like. Jesus is a picture of God. This is what God still wants to do in our lives. Can somebody say amen? And I want you to look over at Hebrews. This one more verse. Hebrews chapter 1. Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 1, it says this. Uh, in, in fact, I'd like for you to read this verse. It says, uh, Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1, it says, God, read it with me, God who at various times and in various ways spoke in times past to the fathers by the prophets has in these last days spoken to us by his son. Notice, he's saying God did speak by Isaiah. God did speak by Jeremiah. God did speak by Hosea. God did speak by all these other people. He was speaking in this other way. But now he chose, and you, uh, look at this highlight. He says, now he chose and he spoke spoke to us by his son. Say, by his son. He spoke by his son, which means that now he chose to send Jesus to show us the way God operates. He chose, he chose once Jesus came, he spoke to us by his son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom he also made the world. So God spoke to us by his son. And then in verse 3 it says, Jesus was the express image of his glory or Jesus was the brightness of his glory, excuse me. And this is what I want you to see. The express image of his person. What does that mean? It means Jesus was the image of God. So if you want to see what God looks like and how God operates, look at the life of Jesus. In fact, that word uh, express image is actually the Greek word character. It's a, it, it means the character. It's like, a, it's like, you know, in, like in Marvel, they have a character and they say, what's this character, the makeup of that character? Well, he's a, he's a villain and he has these superpowers and he dresses this way and acts this way and comes in at this time and this is his arch enemies and this is this and that. There's a whole character thing behind him. He's saying the character of God the, the, the person is Jesus, and he put Jesus on this earth to represent, to show you what God looks like. Show you what God looks like. This is what God looks like. Why am I showing you this? Because this messes with our identity, with how we view God. Sometimes we view God as this guy who's hammering us, judging, putting people down, hitting people upside the head. And you look at the life of Jesus, and Jesus was love. Jesus was a servant. Jesus cared. Jesus gave. He was the express image of God. It says here, the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, he himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of majesty on high. In verse 4, it says, having become so much better than the angels, Jesus, as he has by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. What is a more excellent name? Well, his name was given was Jesus, which is really a savior. His name, uh, it was Emmanuel, which is God is with us. He was given a more excellent name. Why? Because it, he's God. He wasn't just an angel. He was given a more excellent name than all of them. So do you want to know what God looks like again? What God acts like? What God speak like, speaks like? He speaks like Jesus. 
I want to read as we close this last verse. Now listen, don't, don't move around here because this is so important. And I know God wants to say this, this to us this morning. And I want you to catch this because I know this is the heart of the Lord. The very last thing Jesus said in the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 28 and verse 20. It's, it's like the very last verse of this scripture. He's about to leave. And you know the scripture where he says, go therefore and make disciples, baptizing them, teaching them. But then he says in this very last verse, listen, and lo, <laughs> kind of a funny word, lo, lo, what's up? <laughs> no, it's, it's not yo, it's lo. You know what the word lo means? It just means behold. In fact, the, uh, the hundreds of times it's translated behold. Or like look, and look. He, he's going, look. He's saying to his disciples and the people, look, I'm with you always. See, he's about to leave. But he's saying, look, I'm with you always, not just for three years. I'm with you always, even unto the end of the age. Listen, this is what I want to tell you. This morning, it was about five, 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 between five and six or so, I was praying for you. And I was just asking the Lord, as I always do, I said, Lord, what do you want to say to people this morning? What is it that you want to say to people this morning? Because it really doesn't matter what I say. There's, there's a thousand good messages out there. What do you want to say to people this morning? And listen, very clearly the Lord said to me, son, I want you to tell people, I want people to know that I'm with them. I'm with them now. Not I was with them. But I am with them. Jesus said, lo, I'm with you always. I'm with you in your, in your junk. I'm with you in your stuff. <laughs> I'm with you. I'm with you through it. I'm with you. I'm with you and even que your questions. Some questions about him or questions about not really having to, not being able to figure it all out. I'm with you. I want to pray for you today. Well, I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. And if you did, I'd like to ask you to subscribe to our show. That way, the most recent episode will always be in your feed, ready when you are. God bless you, and I'll see you next time on the Memphis Tabernacle Podcast.